we'll, we say, we're not hardcore. We can discuss this yeah. if you want. We'll, we'll do it after. We'll, like, we'll do it after you introduce us. Yeah. All right. Cole, say, uh, just say hard, just say post hardcore for now. Post <laughs> we can have a debate. We can discuss this. So, okay. So, yeah, we, we, we can have this debate now if you want. I'm. I, I'm okay to have this debate now. Yeah. Tom definitely is adamant that we're not post hardcore, right? And post hardcore is a genre. I, I, I'm inclined to agree, right? right. Uh, post hardcore is a genre that generally, like, you, you track from like the early '90s on, maybe late '80s. And it, look, when we say post hardcore, we basically mean we we like started off writing songs trying to sound like Fugazi, and who aren't even hardcore. No, they're post hardcore. That's right. They're, yeah. Well, what? Oh man. Post anyway. Punk. We don't want to say we don't know what genre we are because everyone says we don't know what genre we are, and like it's just like you got you got you got to pick something and stick with it. So yeah. I, I I actually do think we're post hardcore in the sense that the anger behind our music is is real, and we're trying to create this energy that is reminiscent of hardcore music. However, it is not at that extreme tempo, and we do have a far more melodic kind of edge to our music. And we're just, yeah, it's not as intense at all. We have one song that's hardcore-y. Yeah, exactly, because we're post-hardcore. What speed? Well, okay, well, okay, okay. If you want to talk about hardcore, right, we've got the the uta rhythm, I call it. Uta, 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 uta. And that is just a high-energy, high-intensity, angry kind of rhythm, right? And it's really powerful. However, you can carry that same, let's call it sentiment, right, Tom? The sentiment of that, which is just, which uh, let's just say rage, it's rage for now, right? And you can still have that same feeling, but expressed in a different way. And that's why it's post-hardcore in my mind. Even if we don't sound like bands like Jawbox or Quicksand, um, it's, I would still classify us as post-hardcore. I just have to explain it like that. I just, yeah, we don't have a better term we for don't. what we are at the moment. So we're working on it. So post-hardcore is the best term you have? We say post-hardcore, yes. Okay. That's, that's very good to know. Like, do we say post-hardcore and then Tom goes, mm, and then we move on? Okay, excellent, yeah. <laughs> Perfect, yeah, that works. So, yeah, I'm here with Adam's Length, the Sydney-based uh, post-hardcore band <laughs> who've been tearing up the pub, pub venue scene. That's a sort of good introduction I have for you guys. Fantastic, thanks, Charlie. So, yeah, obviously, yeah, it's not ideal that Milo's not here. Um, it's okay, you got called in for a late shift at work. That man, yeah. he needs to make his shift. He's money. on the grind set. So, I guess we'll start with the first question. Um, so, you're all very active musicians, you know, obviously before before arm's length. So, when did you guys um, meet and decide to start playing together? You want to take this, Tom? Well, they started playing in high school without me, and um, we started jamming together in 2020, like just after the lockdown on the back end of yeah. that first lockdown. Um, me and Milo were jamming before that with Oscar Brady and Paz. You know yeah. very well. Yeah. Um, and you know, we clicked. We had that connection. We had that love for each other. And then I met Tyke. He started jamming. He's right. I'm alright. I'm alright. They're they're, they're 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 fantastic rhythm section in that I'm pretty like basically when we play live, I, I'm pretty sure they're playing to me most of the time because <laughs> I tend to, I tend to uh, like I don't know whiplash style. A bit of rushing and dragging can happen, and uh, there's a lot of respect for the that's, way they just adjust to it. That, that, that's always how it is. Is that is that like the bass and the drums just get to, like I'm like okay we got to keep this in time. The, the guitarist and singer are like yeah exactly. And it's exactly. not how it should be. It would be so much better if it was. Tag listening to Milo and you know everyone listening to Milo. Well, it'll, it'll get I think there. it's debatable, man. I do think it is. Um, but it brings that energy. I will say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It really brings that energy. It's all part of the sound. The energy would sound. still be there. You just we'd, we'd just be tighter. Yeah. All right, yeah. man. All right. I'll work. I'll work on it. How about that? Maybe I'll yeah. think Appreciate about working it. on it, Tom. Appreciate it. I, although I've got more backstory for it because 
you know. More backstory is always good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Milo and I, we played in this band uh, that went through a couple different names. One of them was called Tripitaka, which I think is a cool name. That's a great and name. And it was a cover band with two teachers from Tempe High School, right? And I played bass and he played drums, right, at the time. Uh, and we played covers and the band was kind of interesting in that we played like two gigs ever, but we would rehearse for four hours straight every week. And we'd play like the same song over and over again. They were very pedantic about getting shit right. Um, so we'd play like Johnny Be Good for an hour straight. Wow. That kind of thing. And so we got oh, a bit of discipline for that. Some, that's some like classic high school rock band, like showing up in the music room at lunch. You have, you, have 40, you have 40, yeah, you have 40 minutes to. Uh, we had, we had a proper studio, man. We had a proper, yeah, it's very oh, old. Damn. And, um, and then we just kind of were like, well, actually, Milo was like, and I, I guess I didn't really think about it, but I guess I agreed that it wasn't exactly what we wanted to be, to be doing as musicians. And then Milo went off and did his stuff with Tom. And then uh, a little bit while later, Milo and I decided we liked playing fast and loud music. Yeah. I think that, that sort of leads pretty pretty well into my next question that I had for you guys, which is, you know, when you listen to your music and see you guys play, you obviously really kind of get playing together and really have quite a good connection. Was that like an instant thing? Did that just like kind of happen? Or was it kind of did it kind of take a bit of getting used to to figure out where like all that rhythm was? Um, I think me and Milo had a pretty instant connection. Uh, a lot of the start was Tyg sort of showing me the baseline he'd yeah. already written, so it was less of like us like working a connection. But we've definitely developed as like like I'll come up with the baseline for a song that he's written, and we'll change certain things together, and it's definitely like improved our connection. Yeah, for sure. We do some little like bass and guitar licks together as well. Yeah, yeah. You, you started playing bass in early 2020 or late 2019? Was it? Uh, late? I think it was. I started playing bass, I think, yeah, 2019 with Paz. I picked it up for the first yeah. time when we jammed together. What I will say is that um, the main thing early on with the band was actually me learning to get out of Tom and Milo's way. Uh, I think in bands in the past I'd been in, I, I'd been really, really, like, grossly controlling. And I carried a bit of that over into the early days of the band, but being the, um, you know, headstrong and... Uh, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, headstrong guys they are. They were, they were both pretty much like Milo more than Tom at first, just because Tom and I were still building that friendship. Was able to go, hey man, you need to just like, like you can show Tom bass lines, but you need to step the fuck back after that because <laughs> Tom not, like can play the bass and he's good at what he does. And you know, and as soon as I did that, actually, we just started getting better and better. And I've found pretty much always that the less involved I am with what they're playing, like in terms of like decision making, which basically is zero at this point. Um, the better we sound. Yeah, just sort of figuring out, because you're all awesome, awesome and excellent musicians. No, thank you. You all know kind of what it should sound like, so yeah. having, having you know, and it also it helps not just having one vision, it kind of counteracts the different things, Definitely. different sounds. Definitely. Yeah, no, awesome. So yeah, um, I was. I guess that kind of leans right into the next question of, do you guys, like, do you like a special process for writing music, or do you just kind of like sit there and jam until stuff comes out and then, you know, you know start laying it down, or, yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. I think there's two ways, really. Uh, there's the old way, which we still do sometimes, and the new way. Uh, the old way uh, consisted of me writing a song, and then bringing it to the band and us pl playing the song. Uh, and those songs, you can actually hear it if the bass is following the guitar or the bass and guitar are in sync in terms of what they're doing melodically. Then it's you can it's a safe bet to assume it's an old song, right? But then um. The next stage it moved into, I would, I'd write bass lines or Tom would write bass lines and then we'd build on top of that and then you can hear those like middle-ish songs. And then the stuff we've written recently, it's all very comes out of a jam kind of thing. Um, 
and that takes a lot of time and is very hit or miss a lot more miss than hit but then like i think you get some real gems out of that yeah that really sure. like, that, that organic sound of like the real the real like total like groove because you want to get into a jam and you're just playing and playing and then you get that groove going and then yeah. it, starts, it comes out in the song and it might take three hours to get something good and you might only get one good thing out of it definitely you just mm. keep building on it it's a pretty slow songwriting yeah. process yeah so i guess we're talking about writing music so you released your first single state of decay in what says here of august of 2022 uh what was it like recording together kind of for the first time was that was that or was that your first time recording together or was there other stuff that we didn't get to hear oh yeah <laughs> there we did were sessions <laughs> yeah we did a like um diy recording with um gabe from nagging doubts at a just like a home studio and it was pretty tragic it was pretty tragic home studio like, recordings are usually pretty tragic milo was hooked up to earphones <laughs> listening to tyg play a track Oh, no. um, with headphones on top so he could hear himself play. So he was playing drums along to Tyg, who was out of time. Oh, yes. no. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, no. <laughs> so it did not work. You don't want me stuck out there with, with my pants down without Tom or Milo to keep me, help, keep me going. <laughs> we got one good thing out of those sessions, and that is this one f- absolutely flaming drum take of Shedding Skin. Like, it, it, I, I really would like to maybe do something with that, although I think it can be replicated, honestly. But it's really, it's really good. It's just electric. But, yeah, so that was it. Anyway, go on, Tom. Um, and then we went to A-Sharp Studios with Nick Hatsakos, and, um, like, the recording process was pretty great. Like, we laid down a bunch of tracks really quickly. Uh, they have, like, 10 hours. Yeah, ten and we've got, like, hours. Uh, four, four or five tracks? Four, four tracks? Four tracks, four tracks, Like, yeah. fully done besides uh, vocals. Which was yeah, which was great. Like so, so you had like quite so because obviously it was it was state of decay and then was it song one? Yeah, well? and yeah. jam into ugly. Yes, yeah. So the, so you have you've had you had a couple releases, but you know there was there's there's quite a bit of space between them. There was tactical a, move. It was a tactical move because we did an untactical move with the song one release. Right. Uh, which is I, I don't know. Look, I, I I'm I'm still learning all this this stuff like in terms of releases and just other music industry things. So in my mind, last year I was really. I had like the pedal to the metal with the band stuff and also with the school stuff, which was pretty intense. But it basically meant we released the State of Decay EP, no single, and then in my mind I was going, let's just release song one a month later. Let's keep this going. And really all that did is it kind of fatigued our audience and meant we had to scale down the show that went alongside it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Which you're not too upset about. You just learn from it, you know? Yeah, it's just kind of... You know, and and with the individual releases, because you know you got State of Decay into Song One, yeah, Straight into the Ugly, which you know that was an awesome show. That Appreciate that. An amazing show, like brilliant, brilliant venue, the Factory, mm. like, headlining at the Factory. Yeah, it was it's, good. It was good. Like a, that's a pretty big step. Oh, and one more thing I'd like to touch on, just with the recording, is that with those songs on that EP that we released, uh, we did it. We recorded it in a pretty traditional way, pretty orthodox way, in which we got our drum take, and then we put our bass on it. Then we put our guitar on it. Then we put our vocals on it, and it came, they came out pretty great. I reckon those like for what for what for what, you know for our first you know crack at it, I think they sound really good. But we definitely, I at least I feel that like our sound is far more. It should be more raw. It should be a bit more. Um, look, we should be trying to get as close to what we sound live as possible, which means that we we do our takes as the full band, maybe not vocals. So if you listen to Schubert on the Ugly EP, which we recorded a bit later. That's one take. That's all instruments recorded at once. I think that turned out great, in my personal opinion. That's what we're trying to do moving that real, forward. That, that, real, recording. Like, that real live sound. Yes. Yeah. We exactly. definitely got a, a lot of like room to grow with our recording. I'm oh, not super happy course. with how it sounds on a lot of the stuff, but like 
all you can do is like figure out what works and what doesn't. Yeah, keep trying, keep trying to until you find something, right? Well, it's yeah. expensive. So like you got to go in there and you, you kind of, it's sort of just like, I don't know, buck hunting or something. Like you just get in there, bam. And whatever comes out, you just got to roll with that, you know, because that, that cost, it costs $700. So like, yeah, yeah, like, no, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I guess, yeah. So I guess going into, you know, you guys making money from band, you know, got that from gigs. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you play a lot of gigs. Like you play, you play a lot of gigs. We definitely try. Yeah. We, yeah. We don't make that much money, but we play a lot of gigs. I mean, you know, <laughs> what you, you played every week for the last four five weeks not it? not recently no but well, last was... year we played a lot of we played a lot of shows last year yeah well i mean i think every band starts out going we're going to take every gig we can right i mean that's what we that was our attitude i think this year we've had a bit more of an adjustment as we try to get a bit more pragmatic with it uh and you you start to think about the kind of gigs you want to be playing you want to get in front of people who haven't seen your music before and if you're getting in front of the people who have seen your music before you want to make sure it's a big one yeah. You know, like that mm -hmm. factory theater show, we're so keen to play that. But last night, the reason we took that, we love, we were happy to play down in, at the Brass Monkey is because it's in Cronulla. And, and we're you, gonna you, you just knew that no one, like, no one was basically going to come. From... Three people is yeah. Ty's five, dad actually, and five. five people. Yes. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah Uterp showed up. Dude, um, shout out, man. Ty's dad, oh, Renee's mom, who's <laughs> yeah. Ty's oh. seeing. <laughs> so was it. And then it was a bunch a of people one. we didn't know, and that was, that was great. Like, yeah. they... They were a bit confused as to what we were, clearly, like, but like they were having a good what's, time. What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. yeah, we want to do more of that. Like, play, hopefully, you know, Newcastle. Like, we played with the band in Newcastle. We played in the band in Wollongong. Like, they played with us in Sydney. Waiting for them to we return can, the favor. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. we can play there. And they got to they invite, invite you down. That'd be you know? sick. Oh, yeah. That'd be so good. I, I would come down to Wollongong see you guys. Oh, that's so nice. You yeah. Obviously, I haven't played all around. Um, I guess, what, where's your favorite venue you've played at? Because there are some great ones in Sydney. Gonna go first? No, you go first. Uh, Unless you, you need to think for a minute. I do need to think. Okay, in, in my mind, the, the shows also that we play separate into two, which is we'll take every DIY show we're given because there's nothing better than you know getting pissed with you know people you know and um, especially the aspect of being on the same level of elevation as the people you're with and you're just there with your mates playing your songs, maybe a little bit sloppy, maybe a bit fucked up. And everyone's having a good time. So we'll take every single one of those. So I love the DIY shows. Um, played one in a warehouse early last year. We played in Tom's Garage mm. at a breakdown gig. Those were fantastic. But then also, um, we played the Red Rattler last Friday, and that was lovely. I really liked the Red Rattler. Just a cool cool vibe, man. Cool vibe. That was a, that was a great show. I'm, oh, so, I'm so glad I made it to that one as yeah, well. That was, yeah, that was a lot of fun. So I'll, I'll, say, I'll say for now, like... The Red Rattlers are a pretty solid, solid venue that we really enjoy playing. And mm. shout out to Kelly's. They gave us our first gig. So we always got room in our hearts for Kelly's. Oh, yeah. Kelly, Kelly's are a classic. What about you, Tom? Um, well, I find it hard to differentiate my enjoyment, whether it's from the crowd or from how I hear myself or like how the stage is set up. I'd say it's probably factory theater at this point. Like this, I love the DIY gigs as well, but I love being able to hear myself and yeah. hear like everyone in a good balance like it, that's what really puts me into like playing a good show is when everything sounds good yeah. otherwise it's really hard to get into it so probably factory theater oh hell yeah for I sure mean, both both of, i mean both of those shows at least you only played the one at the factory or? we played one a while ago yeah wow. we played a tragic gig there a while ago. we played well we actually did play well the gig itself was tragic but we played good i yeah. think I, yeah the Sunday something. Sunday set list. Sunday set list. Classic. Yes. We made negative nine dollars of that show. <laughs> what negative nine dollars? Yeah, man. Did it pay for the Uber? 
No, no, I mean, like, they char- they, they try to charge us $9. Because we had one ch- ticket sold to us. Yeah. That was, Alec Reed. That was just... Shout that's out. Just, that is just tragic. Yeah. Um, I guess, what was it like for you, you know, talking about, like, early early gigs and, you know, DIY gigs? Were you, like, kind of breaking into that, that rock scene? Obviously, you started at, at Kelly's. Yeah. Your first gig at Kelly's, but I feel like for, for a, like, inner West band, is you know, pretty pretty kind pretty of classic pretty, pretty classic yeah about was a battle of the bands as well yeah yep no yeah no. Was it not the first first gig was um like a open mic open mic Shit, night it wasn't open and night the hey. dude before us i think was like some old dude like acoustic, acoustic guitar. guitar that's yeah. that's fucking amazing that's so, that's so cool <laughs> yeah. yeah man but yeah what was it like for you guys kind of breaking into the to the music scene you know obviously you obviously you have like you know past connections being in in other bands like nervous rex and that didn't really get us anywhere. Yeah, I don't, yeah, it's sort of just been a very slow upwards process of like, like a lot of gigs at Kelly's to start and like other sort of places like that, and like recently we've just been getting you know invitations to play at um, cool space like we're playing so at the rewarding. alley. Yeah, yeah. Deadpan. Um, next next uh, next Friday. Next Friday. Yeah. Um, and like the gig in Cronulla, like well that was because of Milo. But, like, <laughs> Like, yeah, we're just getting more opportunities, but it's, it's been a very gradual process. Yeah. I, I will say that, like, I like I had my mind set on, on doing what we do now since I was in, like, probably late year nine. So I was chomping at the bit for about two years, right? Um, but w- so when, when we got that first gig at Kelly's, I was losing my mind. I was in the car with my dad. I was like, I got a fucking kid, man. Let's go. <laughs> and so it, for me, it, it was really rewarding the fact that anyone would put us on. Tom and I were both underage at the time, which was a massive, like, um, massive roadblock for us. Having, having talked to, like, just talked to Polly yeah. about this, yeah, it's it's just, a nightmare because it's it's also it's not just it's not just you guys actually being able to get get gigs. It's then also your friends, all your friends, yeah, well, on, you know, yeah, for us, all our friends are overage. That is true. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, like all like, Tig's mates from school, it's different, but most mm. of our mates collectively were all over eighteen besides us. Yeah. So me and Tig were sitting there with our wristbands. <laughs> it's like I, we come and buy drinks from the bar. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is, I will say like, it, it, it is so shit that like the the sale of alcohol as a priority for pubs means that your buddies can't come see you play. Yeah, you know, like how I, I, I mean, I, I understand, I understand, but I'm not, I'm not happy about it, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, I know, fucking liability shit, right? Yes, it's just annoying. Yeah, man. like God, God, damn it, like who cares if there's a tiny, insy bit of underage drinking? It's, it's <laughs> gonna, it's look, it's gonna happen anyway. Might yeah. as well like let there be a good show. Well, I just think there are, exactly. there actually are ways that you can have underage people come to your 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 venue and you to see bands you just need to put in a smidgen of effort yeah you know like there are ways you get wristbands you get x's on the hand straight edge shit like that and that is doable it's just it's a it's effort and pubs don't want to go to that effort and i get it but like also go fuck yourself yeah anyway yeah let's move on i guess you know to yeah you're getting bigger and everyone around you's getting bigger where do you kind of want to take the band you know you know where do you want to take it from here what's what what do you like your vision for at arm's length um, well, we're playing at the Metro in June. Like, almost definitely. It's, and it's, it's a bit of a strange one. You go. Like, Sorry. we're trying to get, uh, we're trying to put together a record with uh, live recordings of all the different bands playing, and then hopefully distribute that to, like, actual, like, record stores and places that sell it stuff, like, internationally? That would be cool if we could. But, like, yeah, like, to um, Harm Records, places like that, trying to... Like, actually have sell stuff music. to sell and, like, you know, not just be, like, a little stand with four CDs. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like that's last a, night. I mean, the Metro, that's, a, that's like, a, that's a proper venue. Yeah, that's, that's like, very that's exciting. That's a proper, proper venue. For sure. And that, that'll be good. I, I, I'll, from where I'm coming from, as, as a, 
I've always looked at it as um, with the band, I, the, the vision is always to take the next step forward, whatever it is. And we're going to continue to do that. I think there are bands that we'd love to play with. Um, and they're just like, there are certain bands in, in the, in that I've come across in Sydney that I actually just froth and I think are fantastic and a diamonds Optic in the nerve. rough. Optic nerve and coffin. Basically we want to play shows with Optic nerve and coffin. That's, that's for sure. And then just keep playing bigger and bigger shows. A tour would be cool, but like all of this stuff I, I would feel is a, a year at least, maybe, maybe considerably longer down the line. Uh, but as far as the vision goes, it's basically that, man. Just keep, just keep, keep on trudging forward. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. next thing, I really just want to play outside of Sydney some more. Yes. Like, yeah. our mates are getting tired. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them, they know our songs so well. Yes. Yeah, we, we need to you, play some you, you other know, shows. You know, it's like when, when the entire crowd is singing long word for word for every single one of your songs, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, maybe it's time to go somewhere else for a little bit. Yeah, give yeah, them, exactly. Give them a holiday. So there's not some big vision of playing like a big stadium for yeah. 100,000 people. That's not, that's not us. But there, it's it's if just get, if you get there, you get there, right? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. A, never, never. I guess never say no to 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 a to a next step. Is that yes, kind of yeah? That's basically it. Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, yeah. So I, I I guess on the subject of shows, I couldn't make your show last night. Sorry about that. I would love I would have loved to good. see it. It's so fun. Such a oh, trek away. Yeah, it, is, it was a bit of it was a bit of a trek. But what are the some other shows you know you have coming up for us to look forward to? Next week. Twenty fourth, deadpan at the alley. Agincourt. Um, That's like it's like the the cool name for the Agincourt Hotel. Uh, is that Metro is the next one after that? I think. That's booked. I mean, we might end up with some other gigs coming coming yeah. up. I've been a bit um lazy. Not not networking properly. No, not networking properly. Not 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 schmoozing to a to a to a good amount. Yeah. Yeah. More schmooze. Yeah, I'll, I'll schmooze. I'll, I'll get on it, man. I'll get More on schmooze, it. Less schmooze, I'm, I'm sorry, Tom. I'll get on the schmooze. Come on, man. I know. Yeah. So, so, so just so come just... see us at the alley next Friday if you're open, if you're free. Yep. Well, and go see Uterb, though. Yeah, for real. Everyone, it, those are very, very two very good bands that everyone should be seeing. So yeah, you for guys sure. and, and Uterb. So. Yeah, they got, they're releasing an EP next Friday. It's, I'm pretty oh. excited for it. And then we're playing with them at the Metro. And that's exactly. the gig that, that we really want to sell gig. so many tickets to. For sure. Get everyone there. That Metro gig is going to be sweet. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Be, that's 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 gonna be a big crowd as well. Well, I mean, the capacity is three hundred. We'd like to reach it. We might that not. Would, we might be reaching, but I think we could do it. I, I actually reckon, do. I'd be so. mad if we reach capacity. Yeah. Oh, I reckon. I reckon you could reach capacity. Pretty. Well, thanks. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for the, thanks. Thanks for your confidence, Charlie. I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hype you guys so much. Yeah. And you better not let me down. Okay. All right, I no worries. Very disappointed in you. Okay. Oh, yeah. wow. I, I don't want to be. You know, I don't want you to be disappointed in me, Charlie. You better, you better live up. And I guess one one final thing, you know. You just released Ugly. Is there anything kind of in the works? A little like you know, the teaser of anything that's in the works coming for us new new music, or just kind of content to kind of sit sit with where where it is now for a little bit. We have already recorded like four or five other songs. Like they're not fully done. Some of them are fully done. Yeah, we got like three fully done. And so the plan is to release another EP probably. Do the single single EP thing probably right? Yeah, um, and it's like mostly very new stuff quite yeah. different very different from what we've released previously and we're all we're in love with it very excited mm. so yeah that's that's next a new new ep yeah new yeah stuff we just got to um there's this one new song we've very recently like gotten tight and it's like all it's our favorite song and so we're not going to release an ep until we've got that recorded because it's it's good it, really. it, it needs to be on there for sure for yeah. sure that's 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 definitely how we feel and that's how we pick when we want when we, we want to record like you you, you got to pick what you're passionate about in the moment because otherwise it's not going to reflect in the recording uh that's all I have to say on that. Hmm. Facts. <laughs> yeah, facts.
All right. Well, that 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 I guess concludes the interview. Um, this has been Adam's. Like, where where can people find you on social medias and websites or anything like that? Purely Instagram. Just Insta. Um, yeah, and we don't like fuck Spotify with and Apple. No, and no, no Bandcamp. Bandcamp. Oh no, no Bandcamp. Probably could do Deezer. Deezer. We actually are on Deezer, which is quite <laughs> funny. Deezer is a is a music platform that you can make funny jokes about. Yep. Deezer. But yeah, go, 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 buy, go find them on Deezer, guys. Yeah, no, yeah, if Instagram. You, at arms length underscore no at at arms length underscore band. If you go to Deezer, you should you should screenshot it or take a photo of it and tag tag them in in a, in a po- tag them in a story and a post with a hashtag Deezer underneath it. We will, re- yeah. will repost. Yeah, they will they, sure. they will repost it. You're lucky, really. They'll actually they'll actually give you they'll actually give you ten bucks. If you, if you Whoa, Charlie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, that that's. That's been that's been all. Thank, thank you guys. Um, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having us. No worries.